Welcome to episode 37 of the App Advice Weekly Podcast. I am Brett Nolan of AppAddict.net, and with me as always is Trevor Sheridan of App Advice. In this episode, Trevor and I get some serious hang time with stunt cars and flower petals before venturing deep into the upside down. How are you doing tonight, Trevor? Doing good. Ready for an upside down investigation with flower petals and stunt cars. Yes, it's a, a nice mix of things tonight. Yep, and so we'll get started in the usual place, which is the Apple news. And the one thing, Apple is really busy right now working on making any possible iPhone exits they can for November 3rd launch date. Yeah, hopefully I'll get in on that. Hopefully we'll both get in on that October 27th order, but it sounds like it's going to be a long lead time for these things. So we'll see. And the thing that's holding it up is Apple's Face ID new system with their special 3D camera, the notch on the device. And so it's working out, producing so well that, of course, the rumors now are that it's going to come to the iPad next year. <laughs> so you can't make enough for your phones, yet you're now going to produce it for your iPads as well. Uh, yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yep. Classic Apple rumors. And then, in case you did update to High Sierra with the new iTunes version 12.7 it doesn't include the App Store so it's a more kind of streamlined version but if you do like the App Store on your computer within iTunes you can now go back and download iTunes 12.6.3 yeah that's, so that's nice if you're someone who likes to like back up their apps just in case they disappear from the App Store I, I know I already lost it on my Mac so I'm definitely going to go back and reinstall that version to get that back and that's pretty much it. I mean, we're going to be building towards that iPhone X. And until then, we got plenty of apps in the App Store. And the first one is Vuforia Chalk, which is designed to let you have a very specific video call with the ability to annotate the screen in real time. So with the actual app description in the app trailer, the developers are positioning this as something where You'll call your parents and they don't know how to use the remote or do something on the computer or a technician could possibly call you about computer stuff or the back of your cable box or whatever it may be. And you just point your device at the item. And so the person you're on the phone with can say, oh, you just press this button right here or you need to move these wires over here all in real time as you're just drawing on the screen to point things out. Yeah, and so you and I tried it out. You need a device that has AR kit that supports AR kit in order to even use it. And it's kind of neat because those arrows that you draw on the screen stay with the object that you drew. So if you are looking at multiple things within the room, if you're, say, you're looking at the cable box and then you move down to the TV, well, those arrows that they drew to point to things on the cable box if you move down to the tv they stay off screen so they're with the cable box and when you go pan back up to the cable box they will kind of snap back into place exactly where you drew them which is kind of neat i mean i don't if you're someone who can't figure out how to hook up a cable box i don't know that installing this app and then figuring out how to use it is going to be that helpful you almost need the tool to do that but <laughs> Uh, I don't know. It, it's it's kind of a neat idea. I just don't know that it's going to be as popular as they're hoping it's going to be. It is a good example of AR kit since those lines do stay on what you drew on and there's a little snapping. So if you circle a button but you kind of miss the button, it does a pretty good idea of identifying where you intended and snapping that button back up there. 
And like you said, that stickiness to be able to pan multiple items like you need some instructions here and instructions over here and to have the lines and the circles stick to those two respective areas, it does a really good job at that. But if you could essentially make it as easy as possible for the person you're talking with to get the app installed, to go to the app store, search the app, install the app, and then enable the camera and give it all the different permissions that it has before you actually get started using the app, it seems like you'll figure out the techniques to explain to this person without needing the app already because you went through all those steps. <laughs> right. Well, and you have to create an account too. So, uh, yeah, the one, the thing, neat thing though with those arrows is it does kind of give you indicators on the corners of the, on the edges of, or corners of the screen of where these arrows you left were. So you can, you know, kind of where you have to pan with your device in order to get back to the stuff that was drawn which I thought that's a nice little extra there. But yeah, it, it's a lot of work to get it going for someone that you probably could have explained what you want to explain in the meantime. Maybe once it's up and running, if you have someone who runs into a lot of problems that you need to help them quite a bit, maybe it's worthwhile. But otherwise, it's going to take a while to install it for something that probably takes less time to do. Yeah, the one part they could have tweaked it was to use the new screen sharing in iOS 11 where you can record your screen to somehow connect to that because say they have a problem actually using their device. They don't know how to hook up their email account or they are unsure about some new feature in iOS 11. You can't use your device and point it at your own device. So you would need two different iOS devices to actually be able to point with one at the other. True, true. Yeah, if it's something you want to show on an iOS device, you're kind of out of luck. Yep. But it's available for free. It's called Vuforia Chalk, and it's a neat little service that hopefully they can build upon because right now I don't know how useful it is. It seems more like the type of thing they would sell off the technology to other companies to employ in their own app that already exists, like maybe some store to have you, like Best Buy or something. The the Geek Squad can help you remotely. It seems like that type of technology, you wouldn't go to like this separate app all the time. You would have it more built into other apps. Right. And so that means it's time for some new games. And this week is highlighted by Stranger Things The Game, which it's in anticipation for the new release of Season 2. And the game kind of has a storyline set in between the end of season one and the beginning of season two, though it's not like required reading or viewing before you jump into season two. And you don't really need to be that familiar with season one to enjoy the game. It's a pretty delicate balance. Yeah, it's an amazing freebie. Like, this is a free game, and it's so much fun. It kind of harkens back to, like, the old NES days and feels almost a little kind of in that same vein of, like, the Goonies game that they had. And you're just kind of going around as the different characters. You start off uh, just as, I can't think of what his name is, the, the sheriff there. And uh, then you, as you go along, you find the other kids within the story. So if you're not familiar with the cast, it doesn't really matter. You'll you'll meet up with the different characters, and the, each of the characters has their own different 
uh, shooting style or different aspects about them. So then they'll be able to access other areas that maybe he couldn't. And now you're switching between the characters uh, anytime you'd like to, to try. So like the first one you pick up, he has like slingshot. So now he has range shooting where the sheriff can only punch things up close. So you now can trigger switches that might be blocked that you can't walk right up to. So it, it's kind of neat how each of the characters kind of introduces new gameplay elements in this world while you're just kind of walking around, finding key cards, trying to unlock new areas, and making your way through and hopefully collecting egos along the way. And they've really done a good job for free. Like, you're going into the game and you're expecting some paywall to appear or something. So once you realize that it's a completely free game, it's amazing that it's just a simple advertisement. And yeah, I mean, yeah... It- <laughs> I mean, it's not really even advertising. It's just like they put you in the world that you loved if you if you watched the first series and loved it like pretty much everyone who I think watched the first series. You now get to play in that world, and it's all free. And it's there's like no ads that pop up. It's just really advertising the show, but you're playing the game. I don't know. It's crazy that they did this for free. And if you like any kind of well, if you like Stranger Things, just you hopefully you've already downloaded, but. If you just like kind of an action RPG with the TV theme setup, it's really interesting that they can go back to the past and establish kind of an existing action RPG theme and really not apply it to a fantasy motif. You have it for a very specific show. And then, like you said, you have all those different characters. So you start off, you have to go, and you're in like pretty much this forest maze, and you have access to Lucas and Hopper. And then you can unlock Nancy, and they each have their own different attacks. And then you're going to go to the school, and you face these different kinds of enemies. And then it's that combination of defeating enemies and then puzzle setup where you might need to knock down these honey or these bee hives, and they'll produce honey, and then a bear's going to follow it. And then the bear can break down woods and various items in the way to clear the path forward. So you have that combination of puzzle and action combat all within that classic retro inspired style yeah yeah it's it's a lot of fun if you liked like that nes style it's like that same sort of 8-bit 16-bit graphics it's a top-down view as you're playing and they have like all the text that comes up as you like explore different objects it feels so much like an nes title that uh, if you even just enjoyed the nes i think you're gonna find this kind of like a fun little retro game and then it feels so much like the show, too. The, there's no voice acting, but the text, you can kind of fit with the different characters. And I love seeing that pixelated art style of the characters that you know so well if you're a fan of the show. Yeah, 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 I agree. And so that's Stranger Things, the game. It's free. It's universal. And then there's Wrecked, which is spelled R-E-K-T if you're searching on the App Store. And it's pretty much just a arcade endless high score challenge that is all about getting your car and performing as many stunts as you possibly can within a given time limit you can get more time and then you can string together different stunts to increase your multiplier and maximize your points and then you're going to unlock new cars but really it's this arena setup where there's various ramps and platforms and loops and those clock pickups that you're going to use to your best ability to maximize your score 
Yeah, it, to me, like the my first initial thought when it popped up and you see all those ramps everywhere and you're just driving around going off ramps and you, you're free to go wherever you want. It's like a sandbox setup. It reminded me of Tony Hawk. Because you, basically your whole point is to go and try and pull off tricks over here or over there. They do give you kind of like these three goals that you can hit to get bonus points. Or, or actually, I think I give you in-game currency. And then once you resolve all three of those, then you get a new a roll, another set as it rolls over to a new set. But that gives you a little bit of guidance of maybe what you want to try to do. And then you have certain uh, point goals in order to unlock additional cars. So otherwise you're just free to do whatever you want. You just go in there and just have fun flipping on things, trying to make it around these loop to loops, which are difficult to stay on. You can drift around all you want. And it's just a fun little like time waster to just do whatever you want and try out new things and smash up the car every once in a while. And, and what you do is you hit like these certain time periods where it'll lock in your score up to that point. So then you don't have to worry about if you crash, you'll lose all the points you've accumulated. So uh, you can kind of play it safe for a little bit and then go back to just trying all kinds of risky things to see how many points you can you can rank uh, rack up. And the game is made for touch. You're just swiping to, you either swipe vertically to flip or you swipe horizontally to spin. And then you can touch and hold the screen with two fingers to essentially freeze your rotation so you can try to land on your wheels. And then you can also drift by holding the bottom of the screen for the brake as well as the left and right directional buttons. And so you can pull off a drift and that will help you maintain a combo multiplier as you drive between ramps on the course yeah it's it's a fun little thing i i talked to the developers and they said they're working on like right now i i think it was always the same arena every time i went in there might have been two uh but they are working on more arenas and they're gonna with every update i think they said they're gonna be adding a new car uh for free for with each new update so and i'm assuming you have to unlock it somehow with a point total but uh so i'm curious to see how this develops going forward, but I've been having fun with it. Yeah, they did a really good job. I mean, there's a few times where it seemed the car didn't stop the rotation when I was trying to get it to, like it was misinterpreting trying to freeze rotation versus the left, right, or the brake controls because it's all touch on the screen. Yeah. Like they could have made an optional tilt control for that. See, I, I never had problems stopping. I, 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 what would happen is if I was a little too low on the screen, you'd trigger that break. But I mostly played on the iPad, and I just when I wanted to stop, I did it right in the center of the screen and didn't have a problem. Yeah, that, it didn't happen as much, but I did notice it. It seems also just a swipe. like It wouldn't recognize my first swipe that I was doing on a vertical swipe. And then yeah. I would do it really quickly again and it would start the rotation. But that first one was a little hesitation. And then, like you said, just having the one arena to spice it up with any kind of different arenas would change it up. Because it's built on, like you said, that Tony Hawk skateboarder maximizing score open world within an arena where you can do and go wherever you want within the confines of the game. And so you want more variation for that. Because once you know the kind of arena you know where you're going to drive to and what you're going to aim for especially with those big looping corkscrews that you can drive through 
Right, yeah, yeah. There's certain tricks you tend to uh, tend to go right for that you start to have fun with and you know how to go. And there's areas where if you can get your car up high enough, then you have like multiple tiers of of ramps that you can go on. Well, tiers of like platforms you can go on. And so it just I like to just kind of drive around and explore and see what else I haven't gone on and just do it. But yeah, the more you play the more you're going to get used to that that arena that you're going to be wanting another arena, something different to try out even more new things. Yep, so that's Wrecked. It's $1.99. It's universal. And then there's Flower, which is a port from the PS3. So it's actually been around for quite a while. And it's really a Zen type of exploration adventure game where you're playing kind of as the wind and your goal is to pick up the flower petals along the way to bring life back to the various regions. So usually the f- flowers are in a type of path that you want to follow. And you're just going to tilt your device to do that. So you just want to focus on the different colored flowers. And they usually lead you to where you need to end up being. And like it's all Zen kind of base. There's a really subtle kind of soundtrack and just the sounds of the wind. And then there's a beautiful 3D design to kind of get lost and immersed in flowing through the grasses and trying to pick up all the flower petals to bring life back to the region. Yeah, I played this originally way back on the PS3. Some I, I didn't play a lot of it, but uh, to have it right in front of you on a device and what you're doing is, like you said, you're tilting to, to kind of shift left and right, up and down, and then you hold the, your finger on the screen to move forward. And when you're f- kind of flying through those long blades of grass and you see them kind of swoosh out to the sides of you and kind of part as you're flying through them, it just it gives you like almost a tactile feel as you're, you almost feel like you're there with this handheld device because it's so close to you and you are touching the screen as you're kind of going through and navigating, like twisting. And I don't know, I just really like this physical interface with it versus a controller on a television. It just felt much more tactile and, I don't know, real as you're going through it. And it's just like a really soothing experience as you're going around. I do like how if you you can kind of get lost so you see some flowers and you may not necessarily know exactly where you have to go for the next grouping it kind of tries to lead you by showing you the wind blowing in a certain direction but it does do a nice job of kind of stopping you if you start going way off path and kind of blowing you back in the proper direction and then you kind of refocus yourself and figure out where you need to go next yeah it's really immersive on ios the one drawback for me was that there wasn't the greatest challenge. There wasn't any way to like lose or mess up too bad. You can just keep kind of progressing. And then there's also not like a score tally where you can beat a level without hitting every single flower in the region. So it would be nice for those completionists to have like a 100% score to shoot for and might be offer some replay incentive. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, I, I don't know if that's because they were trying to go for that Zen experience to like completely eliminate any kind of scoring so you don't feel pressure. You can kind of just enjoy the experience. But my biggest problem was the lack of any sort of in-level save. So like I was halfway, or actually I don't know how far, I was pretty far into 
the first level and then I had to put down my device. I, I think I maybe I got a call or something and then I went back into the app and it restarted from the very beginning. So I had to redo it all over again. And so it didn't seem to actually save my progress uh, when I was in the middle of a level, which was kind of disappointing that I had to start all over because uh, I wanted to see what else there was, like where, what other places they go to. Yeah, I, I didn't even risk it to know, but that's good to note in case anyone is going to plan on playing. You've got to play through the whole level if you want it to save. Yep. And so that's Flower. It's four ninety nine. It's Universal. And it does. It's published by that game company, which showed off the game during the iPhone X event. Was it called was Sky? It called Sky? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I guess they had to port Flower over before they released Sky. Yep. And so next up is Batman The Enemy Within. And so Batman The Telltale series came out, I want to say last year, and it's done its whole run of five episodes. It completed that storyline. So essentially... The Enemy Within is Season 2. It's just like Walking Dead Season 2 or Minecraft Story Mode Season 2. And it's that same Telltale style, but taken up a notch. And with the entire Batman series, the main emphasis is kind of to distinguish it. So there's more action sequences and that there's also the variation in the detective mode. So you have that different gameplay elements beyond just those dialogue choices. And then the dialogue choices really emphasize when you're playing as Bruce Wayne and dealing with his side of things versus the traditional well-known Batman side of things. And then the enemy within is going to introduce a young Joker as well as having the Riddler as the main adversary. Yeah, I, this one's, I, I didn't realize it was coming out this week. The The thing that really surprised me about this release is normally when Telltale has been releasing these, you have that first episode, which is like the paid app for four ninety nine, and then they start to release the, the other episodes over time, where this time all of a sudden it just dropped on the App Store as a free app with that first episode already intact, and this was its initial release. So that was a nice change where they're not kind of punishing their their earliest people that want to support them by, if you wait a month, then you can get it for free. Everyone gets that first episode for free, and it kind of entices you to just dive right in and play it, and then pay for those additional episodes. And then the full season pass is just 15 bucks for episodes 2 through 5, and like you said, it's just, you know that Telltale's going to do it. So they've kind of conditioned people to wait. So they're like, let's get rid of that barrier to wait and just get everybody on board with episode one for free since we're going to do that eventually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it's worth noting, if you played Batman, the first installment, when you start up The Enemy Within, you have a choice. You can use default choices to start this game. So this can be a standalone experience. You don't have to play the first game. Or you can continue your story and use Cloud Save to have all your choices from Season 1 carry over to Season 2. So if you're in the middle of Season 1 or you plan on playing it eventually, you probably want to do that before you dive into the enemy within because your choices are going to extend over to the new one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still need to finish the first season. Uh, I, I never finished it. Yeah, me neither. And so now you have incentive because all the episodes... Because that's the problem for me. I play episode one and then I forget to go back and play it once two through five come out. And then you want to play other ones and then Telltale's doing all their different ones that you might want to play. So you, there's just not enough time. 
I know. The, uh, yeah, I mean, these are lengthy games, too. Usually, it's anywhere between an hour to two hours per episode, I would say, uh, to finish them. So, yep. you're looking at a decent amount of chunk of time to play through the entire thing. And so, that's Batman, The Enemy Within. It's free. It's universal. And then one last one I wanted to mention was Asmodee Digital surprised us with not one but two releases last week. They had the Ticket to Ride First Journey, but then what, the surprise release was this game I never even heard of, which was another, another digital port, and it's called Harold, A Game of Influence. And it's this great little tactical card game where players are trying to become like the most influential character and get noticed by the king and win his favor. And the way you, the game plays is uh, players are playing cards into both a common area known as like the king's council as well as their own little personal village. And the cards themselves feature the six different characters, each of which has like its own different function and like a special power related to how they can manipulate cards either in in any player's village and also that King's Council area. And it allows them to earn additional bonus points. So, for instance, they have a bear slash warrior card. And that one allows you to take a card from any player's village and kind of return it to the deck and then you replace it with another random card. So that way you can mess with your, your opponent's cards, or maybe you have a card that you don't really want to keep in your village. You can swap it out and hopefully get something better that's random. And so, and then other, other ones of these cards allow you to do swapping between uh, your hand and the village, or y your, your village and, and the council. So you get, can really manipulate all these cards, and... The reason you want to do that is because some of the cards reward you extra points if you have X number of one of the other type of cards in your village or something. So you can you want to get these certain combos in order to earn extra points. And then the reason you want to play cards into both of those sections and not maybe just dump cards out of your village and into this King's Council is because the way the game scores at the end is... For each card that you have in your village, it counts as many points as the number of times that same card appears in the King's Council. So you constantly have to be playing cards to both of these areas in order to earn the most number of points. So there's a lot of strategy within the game. There's other options you can do to, to change up uh, the, the gameplay. So they have various things you can turn on and off to, to have different... Uh, different different options there and then um among those variants you can also play online against other players or you can play solo against ai players and it was, it was just a really unexpected title and one that i've been playing quite a bit of and i found it really fun and i, I just never even heard of it and again that was herald a game of influence it has an art style that is reminiscent of hearthstone it does, but it plays nothing like Hearthstone. I, I, but I, I'm, I don't know if the physical card game came out. I'm assuming after Hearthstone came out because I think it's within the last few years that the game came out. So maybe they were influenced by that when they came up with the physical version of it. But I like Asmodee never even sent out a press release about this one when it was first released. So it was kind of just dropped on the App Store and. Uh, they're just really nailing these these digital board game ports, and I think this coming week they have another one coming. So uh, 
good job for uh, Asmodee Digital. And this one is only $1.99, and it's also a universal app as well. Sounds good, and I think that's everything for episode 37. Yep, that's all I got. Brett, thanks for joining me. Oh, yeah, it's a pleasure as always. To everyone listening, we hope you enjoyed, and we'll talk to you next time. Talk to you later.